Welcome into Inside the Den, your look inside Lee's McRae Athletics. Inside the Den is produced for the sole purpose of keeping Bobcat fans in the know and can be found on our website, lmcbobcats.com, or on SoundCloud. Just search Lee's McRae Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tim Hall. Welcome back, Bobcat fans, to Inside the Den. Today, my guest is Kevin Phillips. Kevin is the Vice President for Enrollment Management here at Lee's McRae College. Kevin, welcome to Inside the Den. Thanks, Tim. Nice to be here. All right. This is your first time inside the den, and uh, we have a history of bringing people into this podcast to talk about what they do, how they help the college, how they help athletics, and we've had sports information department, athletic training. I don't think we've ever had anyone from admissions, but after working with you for the past couple of years and the relationship you and I have built and getting to know you as a person uh, and someone who is here, uh, really, you're, you're, you're like a coach to all the coaches in, in many ways uh, because you do have that background. And I want to dig into that, your story, and what you bring to the table for the college because I personally feel you're making a tremendous difference for everybody. And so uh, we're going to get into that. All right, but first thing. Uh, how well where are you from all right first uh, i'm because i i know it but i keep forgetting it where are you from uh where'd you go to college what'd you study and then how did you end up the story of how you ended up at lee's mcgray yeah thanks tim uh i was born and raised in connecticut in particular milford connecticut so for the first 49 years of my life i actually lived in the state of connecticut i worked at three colleges and universities. I had gone to Sacred Heart University in Fairfield, Connecticut. And uh, along the lines of what you just uh, said, I played college basketball. So I played four years of college basketball, 1987 to 1991. And then I went into the coaching realm and uh, I coached college basketball for a few years, but I also got into admissions. And I'll tell this really quickly. I accidentally got into admissions. I was the graduate assistant basketball coach for Sacred Heart University and the vice president for enrollment, my current position here at Lisa McRae, also oversaw athletics. And during that time, he was coming to games and practices and talking to me. And one day he just said, hey, did you ever think about working in college admissions? And I said, no, why do you ask? And he said, hey, I think you would be good at it. You can talk and you have a passion for working with students. And basically you'd be doing the same thing, just recruiting regular students as opposed to athletes. Long story short, I took that job continued to coach. We went to division one in 1997 and they gave me a choice of uh, full-time admissions or full-time basketball. Ooh. I couldn't do both. Oh, And I chose the full-time basketball. A lot of people don't know that. So for two and a half years, I was a division one assistant basketball coach. The pay wasn't so good though. And so <laughs> when my uh, first daughter was about to be born, um, I was looking for different options and I got back into the admissions side at another school. And that was the University of New Haven in, in Connecticut, where I spent the majority of my career. But for the first four years that I was doing that, I was also coaching a high school basketball team. I was the head Could, coach. At, just couldn't let it go. I couldn't. <laughs> um, Notre Dame of Fairfield. And I did that uh, until 2006 when they actually made me the director of admissions at the University of New Haven. It wasn't something I was expecting 
But uh, after talking to the vice president there, uh, that's when I kind of started thinking about, I got to shift this out um, Mm -hmm. because I thought I could make a difference on an administration side because enrollment management is the title that I've always preached to people. It can involve not just admissions, but financial aid, retention, student affairs, athletics, even if you're not directly supervising, you work with them. And to make a really long story short, after doing that for 19 years, um, my one of my former bosses had suggested to me that I would be good at consulting in higher ed. And it was something that I had been thinking about for a little bit. And long- Were you doing that exclusively or like in addition to being the head of enrollment management? Yeah, I mean, we hadn't, I hadn't done it yet. Okay. It was something that he thought I should do. Yeah. And you really couldn't, you didn't really have a lot of time to do it. You, you technically could do it uh, simultaneously, but no. Nah. Mm. And he just thought that some of these search firms, mm. uh, Scott Healy and Associates is a nationally recognized search firm that identify candidates for positions at colleges. He looks for associates that fill interim roles. So that's where I went. And I decided in August of 2019 that I'll make a little bit of a shift that I was turning 50. I said, I got to do something mm. different. And uh, the first assignment was Lee's McCray College. Oh, wow. And I was here for about four weeks, uh, really enjoyed the school, reminded me in some ways of the previous school I had worked at with unique programs and lots of great people, Division II Athletics. And Dr. King, the president, uh, and some other members of the cabinet asked me if I would consider staying. And the long story short, I took that job, and here I am talking to you two and a half years later. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that... Some of that I knew uh, and a lot I didn't. I think that's fascinating. Back to what you said, uh, that individual who thought you'd be good at it. How, how much of a difference did that make when they said, I think you'd be good at this because you know how to communicate? Because you do. You do. You're, you, I would say you're an extroverted type of person, uh, love to communicate and talk. How big a difference did that make when they said that to you? I think it made a lot of difference. I think... The way my dad and my mom raised me, I'm, I'm a hard worker and I don't need praise from people. I'll do my job regardless. But it's nice to know that somebody recognizes you for abilities that you have. It's like an athlete. I got a scholarship to Sacred Heart University because I played basketball and all athletes love that. The, they want to have that recognition and it makes them feel good. And there's a whole other side of it. They got to work hard and earn that scholarship and, and live into the promise. But you know, sometimes people are just going along. I say it's like the hamster that's running on the wheel. But when you take a moment to recognize people, I think that that shows you value them and that they'll work harder. And so I think that was something, hey, mm. they recognize a skill set that I have. Sometimes I talk too much, but I like to explain things to people. I think that it's like an educator. You're teaching people. And if someone wants to learn, I got a ton of stuff up in my head that would probably help people. It's got to get out. (laughs) It's got to get out of the mind. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you come here, you end up here. Uh, I'm, I'm curious from, those are two different occupational paths. A lot of the things that we actually do are very similar. The processes of things that we do as a coach, processes of things that you do as an enrollment manager, really it's the same. You're just, it's a different activity, but that mindset that you have as a coach and a player, how have you taken that that you just said, I'm a hard worker. I haven't needed a whole lot of praise. It's nice when we get it. How have you taken that mindset into admissions and 
enrollment management, working with other people that may or may not have the same background you do coming from a team uh, oriented situation. Yeah. How have you blended that in and uh, uh, coached other people up who don't have the same background that you or I do? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I think there's just such a, a strong connection between athletics and enrollment slash admissions and even student affairs, but a lot of people don't recognize that. So when I was first hired as that graduate assistant basketball coach, my head coach, Dave Bike, who uh, had a lot of really great life lessons, he had a lot of little philosophical quotes, but he told me the first day that I worked for him, he said, all right, Phillips, here's what we're gonna do. And I actually had a notebook out to write it down. He says, your first job is recruit, your second job is recruit, and your third job is recruit. <laughs> he said, recruit, recruit, recruit. And then he said, keep them warm. Now this is in 1993, and we didn't have the technology and the tools with social media that we had. So keep them warm meant phone calls, keep them warm mm. meant writing handwritten notes. Moving forward to even 2022, Shockingly to most people, those things still work. It's a personal touch. And so I, I have used my athletics background and when I call, and I, and I called everybody, I tried to shoot for the moon. And I remember one of the players I called was Ron Artest, uh, who played with the Lakers mm -hmm. and the Pacers and uh, things like that. And he was, uh, he was in New York City. And I talked to him on the phone and he said, hey, coach, you know, I appreciate your interest, but I'm probably going to be like a Big East player. And I said, Ron, that's exactly why I'm talking to you, because if it doesn't work out, I'll take you at Sacred Heart University. <laughs> and, you know, occasionally I've had conversations here with Steve Harden, our men's basketball coach, about, you know, saving a scholarship to the end. Sometimes you get your best player who has aspirations of being that Division One player and then it falls through and they've got nowhere to go. But there's where the coaching comes in. I was a pretty good high school player. I scored over 1,900 points in high school, and I was the sixth man most of my career mm -hmm. and averaged about 10 points a game. So I was a solid Division II player, not a superstar in college, and I think that also helped me relate to people. Mm -hmm. So maybe I was considered the superstar player in high school, but also a valuable member coming off the bench. And I think that that helped me start to relate to all different types of players. Turning that into admissions and recruitment, I just think that we're still doing the same job. You're recruiting students now to Lee's McRae. As you, you recruiting your cyclists and the other coaches are recruiting their players, I'm recruiting everybody. And I treat them like they're that athlete that's gonna be on my team. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing I could say about that, when I work with employees, I view it as a team. And a lot of people don't. They think they're gonna come in and punch a clock and type things. And I think educating them that if we work together and we have enthusiasm and we're excited about what we do, the sky's the limit for Elise McCray. And lots of people didn't think that. And shifting a mindset is a little bit different. Because most students don't wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to Lee's McCray. They think they're going to UNC Chapel Hill or Duke or Yale or Stanford. Our job as admission representative is to recruit them, tell them why Lee's McCray. And just like in sports, they're not all going to come here, but many of them will if you do it the right way. Mm -hmm. Boy, my mind was going to a lot of places as you were explaining that. And one of the reasons why I started this podcast for the athletic department was to get our story out so that it could help uh, tell the bigger picture get to know our coaches better, get to know our teams better, but also partly to dispel myths that exist out there about Lees McRae. Uh, and I think what you touched on really is about us uh, 
one destroying those self myths that we have inside ourselves here on campus which i feel like across campus we are more consistently and better doing that where we have higher expectations of everything uh and talking with you today it is telling that story of admissions and how it it has evolved to dispel those myths out there that they have maybe about lee's mccray oh it's you know because the truth is this institution is not the same institution it was just 10 years ago and definitely isn't 20 years ago or 30 years ago so whatever people have in their minds i want to have these conversations so that they understand this isn't like the lee's mccray of old this is a new place different people different attitudes different mindset different expectation uh, and we we do have these aspirations and are working towards it so you're here you're helping us do that you've helped me do that many many times already in just two years what but we also love stats it's like you know what you have to we all have to produce <laughs> and everything i'm seeing and reading says you are producing discuss some of the improvements that you are seeing in the stats that someone in enrollment management would be looking at and being able to say, hey, this trend is going where it needs to go. Yeah, when I when I first came here, there were a lot of those myths that people had no problem telling me, hey, you can't get students to come up the mountain. You can't get students to visit on the weekend. No matter what we do and no matter how hard we try, we can't get 300 students to come here. And I disagreed with that because I looked at the product. And sometimes when you're just here, you don't have that outside lens. And if somebody's telling you the same old story, Coach Bike, he said, if you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. So I said, wait a minute, what, what kind of product do we have here? And I won't go through the list, but we have unique majors. We have things like wildlife biology. We have outdoor recreation management. We've even added things like exercise and nutrition science. Then you have minors like cycling studies and wilderness medicine. There's so many unique programs here, but also the location. People said, oh, nobody's around in the winter. Well, it took me like an hour to get to Boone the other day because there's a lot of people up here. So you have to look at the facts. And I also told this to someone last week here on campus. Well. Talking the talk is easy, you know, and a lot of people complain about things, but I say, well, we know what the problem is. We need to fix the problem. We'll spend hours talking about the problem. Well, let's provide a solution. And so you have to walk the walk. In admissions, there were just some basic things that we weren't doing. So if I put my coaching hat back on and I'll speak basketball, I mean, the fundamentals weren't there. You know, even today, um, you know, if I was in a little better shape, my jab step will still work against the 25 year old, the 21 year old. You got to do it right, though. Right. And I've seen a couple of our players when I watch. I mean, uh, Andrew Gard Drew Gardner, he uses some ball fakes. That's an old school technique, but it still works. So having the mindset to say, hey, wait a minute, let's do this. How do you increase the awareness? So a new communication plan was put in, hiring some new people that shared the mindset that I have, being open more, being open on weekends when people will come, adding an information session to the tour. So it's not just coming in and getting a tour, blah, 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 here's Lisa McRae. Showing everything that we offer was helpful. We added more events the pandemic caused us to add virtual events, but we connected with people during that time. And the results have proven that it works because we've got the largest number of applicants in the 122 year history of the college and the largest incoming class this past year, 301 students 
after 29 of them canceled. So we still had 301 mm -hmm. on the census date. And we also have improved our retention a bit, um, which is helping as well. So, and this is with, to me, minimal efforts. If we continue to do this uh, and live into the promise, we'll be great. Isn't it amazing how, of course, when you're an athlete and a coach, especially if you're a coach, you're always talking about fundamentals because you see that as the one thing that if we do the fundamentals well, we're going to be better than most people right out of the gate because they do struggle with the fundamentals. And then if you can execute on that really well, and it's instinctual, it's part of your team, it's part of your culture, it's just what you do, then all of a sudden it frees up time and headspace to concentrate on those really more difficult problems. And you've been doing that for a couple of years now and doing it so well that the president and others have said, hey, Kevin, we want you to, uh, can you tackle this other department for a little while until we get it up to speed with the right people? Share a little bit now of the added workload that you've taken on. Yeah, so recently I was asked to assume oversight of the Student Affairs Division, and at many colleges, the vice president that is in charge or oversees those divisions is one and the same. Um, over the years, many colleges have kind of merged enrollment management and student affairs together because you're living into the promise, right? So if your retention rates go up and you know, you're, you're out recruiting, you don't have to recruit as many kids. And so living into the promise, I think is really important because student experience is what I do this for. Someone asked me how much, how I have so much energy. I said, well, first of all, I drink a lot of coffee and this is my <laughs> New England talking quickly. That's what I do. Uh, but, but seriously, I still really love this type of work because I feel like we make a difference, right? You're not going to get to everybody just like in coaching, but you know, if I can succeed with 90% of the people that I'm working with, then I feel like I've succeeded because mindset, importance, value, you talked about it earlier. And I think our students, that are not athletes need things to do. They wanna feel valued. And so there's a lot of new things we're gonna be working on here, including adding some living learning communities to the residences here, where the students will live in a section of a resident hall with other students that are either in a similar major or have a common shared interest. We're still kinda of working that out a little bit, but these are things that improve retention rates, uh, connecting with students, connecting with faculty, and it, it even really goes back to what we've been talking about today. Uh, a lot of times coaches or athletes will succeed in enrollment and student affairs jobs because they're part of a team. They're usually pretty responsible. They usually work hard and they're definitely competitive. And that will help separate Lee's McRae. Uh, someone told me the other day when I suggested that we add a new academic program, they said, oh, App State has that. And I said, so? I yeah. said, App State is a great school, but they're not Lee's McRae. They have 20,000 students. We have under 1,000 students. There's a lot of people that don't want 20,000. And with our scholarships that we give out, we, we are already one of the least expensive price tags for a private school, not just in North Carolina, but in the country. And so if your mindset is looking at this, we live into the promise. So many different things we can do in residential life, student activities, all types of things. If we improve that, then Lee's McRae really becomes a destination college, small or otherwise. Mm. And as you're saying that, when you're talking about how to how to really fulfill that promise that you're talking about, it boils down to 
relationships and communication. And I mean, that's to me, I'm a product of a small college. You are too, versus I think I would have gotten lost. I'm sure I would have gotten lost at a bigger state institution. And when I came to a small place, uh, I didn't know that that was really the value I was going for, but it was about relationships and communication and that if everybody on campus has that same mindset that what we all seek is closeness and togetherness and fellowship as we're learning and growing, that's the ultimate. And it's really not, it sounds really difficult because you do have to go out of your way to fulfill it, but really it's not. And what else are we here for if we're not doing that? Yeah, I think people have fun if they enjoy what they're doing. But I I said this last week to somebody, ironically, um, in a personal relationship and a professional relationship, the two things that I think are the most important is respect and communication. Mm -hmm. So you and I might differ. Um, Generally, we have a similar mindset, but you coach cycling. And I, I took an interest in that. I learned a lot more about it. I won't get into that today, but... Uh, you know, that's your background. I know basketball. I know baseball. I know cross country. I played and coached those sports too, which a lot of people probably don't know, but, uh, I just love sports that my dad was an athletic director. Uh, we were raised to play sports, but he also raised my brother and my sister and myself to be responsible. And, you know, everyone's going to have a differ differing opinion. What I think I've gotten pretty good at is respecting those opinions, listening to people, but then also explaining to them, hey, there's other ways to do things. Like, how do we get to point A if we haven't even looked at other ways to do it? So I don't want to say it's being the devil's advocate, but that's the only word I can think of right now. I learned that you need to evaluate things. You don't just come in and say, do it this way because I said, because that doesn't get people on your team, Mm -hmm. right? But if you respect them, and you value them and then you communicate with them and it works both ways, that creates a great working environment. Lots and lots of people out there don't know how to do that. And so if anybody here is listening, I'm not saying that you're wrong, but I think we we accomplish a lot together. One person alone can't do it. No. Not at all. Well, the world is not gonna come to you. You have to go to it. And if you want to make things better, it has to start with you. And you have to go out there and engage with the world and first start with the thing that is in your proximity. (laughs) And if you can do that uh, one person at a time, it starts to add up and build up. All right. So one of my one of my goals of this podcast is at some point to get Dr. King on here to talk about the institution as a whole, the progress we have made, uh, especially since he's been here. Uh, one of the things I, I want to talk to him about, maybe you could touch on a little bit too, because you talked about that student experience and, and the changes that we want to have within that, just as a, as a student on campus, living space, things of that nature. But we do have a, a master plan uh, being put in place. Sh- it should be starting soon, to my knowledge. Uh, can you share a little bit with our listeners about what that entails and what are some upcoming changes that they can begin to see with their eyes on campus in the immediate future, but also long-term, what what the ideology, the philosophy is gonna be and what it will look like here on campus. Yeah, I think I told people the other day that this is a great time to come to Lees McRae or to work at Lees McRae because unlike some other small private schools that 
might be retreating, I guess. And, you know, the COVID situation caused a lot of people to just panic and go away. But if you take advantage of those opportunities, you can really build a strong college for the future. And, you know, we have some small things that we have done already, like the renovation of the dining hall, which is now called the summit. It's not completely done. There's going to be a couple of additional things added, some outdoor patio space and that, that, maybe over this summer or sometime soon that's coming. But what's really exciting is that we're moving forward with a renovation of the historic commons here on the campus, which is Virginia, North Carolina and, and Tennessee hall, two of which are resident halls. That's now happening. Um, we probably will start that renovation right after school ends this semester. And on the other side of it, the renditions of what people will see is just going to blow them away. Um, the resident halls do need an upgrade. There'll be a reduction in the number of beds to increase the square footage and just a lot of new amenities, you know, with more common spaces and some cool overlooks out the back uh, towards the mountain. Um, and so we're, we're really looking forward to that. It, it'll always cause a small, uh, I guess, inconvenience when it's occurring. But uh, on the other side of it, it's going to really, really invigorate life into our buildings here and down the road we have additional plans to add another resident hall add a, a resident hall that combines uh, academics with uh, the living uh, situation for the students so you'll have like a living learning community and things like that so there's a little bit more to it than that but those are the things that we're definitely moving forward with and i think that those are going to be really exciting things for lee's mccray even last year when we put the artificial turf field in made some updates uh we're going with the tennis center that you know there's a lot of exciting things happening and you know community is important but you know if you have newer buildings and newer facilities it just shows the commitment that Dr. King and our trustees and our donors are making to Lee's mm -hmm. McCray to, to keep it going for a really, really long time. Well, I think it proves that we're not content and it shows progress. Change is always good. All good things are the result of change. And for the listeners out there, if you could ever sort of get your hands or eyes on the vision of some of the renditions that are out there, uh, particularly Bobcat Valley, if we go back behind North Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, I, I challenge you to find that and just look at that and your your eyebrows are going to get raised like, whoa, that's what it's going to look like? Mm, let's get to it. How soon can we make that happen? Because, yeah, I'm one of those being displaced and affected by this. But when I saw that rendition, I thought it's all worth it. How quickly can we get this done? So uh, I think that's wonderful. All right. So one last thing. You have been here I think what two and a half years you told me earlier lived in banner elk for a while uh jumped at the chance after you were here for those four weeks consulting now you live here you're all in you're definitely all in what do you love most about living in banner elk and how has it made you a better person yeah great question I actually wasn't sure when I was coming here what I was going to think because it's completely different than where I was living in Connecticut. The first thing that's come into my mind before I even tell you what I like about it, uh, I was stuck in traffic for about 25 years of my career <laughs> and I lived uh, quite a distance from 
where I worked um, at the University of New Haven, and it would take me sometimes up to an hour to get to work, and it became routine. But if you really think about that, that's at least two hours a day that you're in the car. And you know, I started having like cell phone meetings with people, but it's hard to concentrate when you're stuck in traffic. If anybody is listening to this that's from the Northeast, Connecticut traffic is is right up there with DC, Miami, and LA. It's it's terrible traffic. There you can't drive during the rush hour. So despite the fact that people get upset when they're out on 105 uh, when they're ski season and it's nothing compared to Connecticut. So I like the flexibility of just driving without too many cars in the way. We have one stoplight. <laughs> That's right. One stoplight. So I, I, same. Uh, I, I was fortunate to get to a point where I did live next to the campus I worked at before I came to Lee's McRae and I've fulfilled on that uh, since moving here. And when you get back 90 minutes to two hours your, of your day to do what you want to do, it makes a huge difference in the quality of your life, doesn't it? It does. And that sometimes people razz me a bit because, uh, you know, I, I've gone out and really experienced the greater Banner Elk area right from the time I got here. So I immersed myself in everything I could. You know, I went not only to sporting events and theater productions and things like that, but I went out and checked out Grandfather Mountain, Sugar Mountain, Beach Mountain. I went to Asheville. I even went to Charlotte. I just wanted Johnson City, Tennessee. I just wanted to make sure I knew when I spoke about location that I had my facts straight. And, you know, a lot of times Boone reminds me in some ways of Milford, Connecticut, where I grew up. It's a similar, Milford's a little bit bigger, believe it or not, but um, you have all the chain restaurants and things to do. So sometimes if a student thought, hey, Banner Elk's too small, Boone's like 25 minutes away, they can get down there. So I understood that. But I also realized there's just lots of different things to do and places to check out. And for me, uh, you know, maybe a winery or a brewery. This is the- Maybe. 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 Yeah, I see you there too sometimes. <laughs> um, my brother, uh, unfortunately, hasn't been able to visit me yet, but he would just absolutely love the uh, choices and the selections for different restaurants and, um, you know, whether they're here in Banner Elk. And I challenge any small town in the United States to have the amount of quality restaurants and uh, a couple of uh, breweries right here in this local area. So, you know, getting out and experiencing the community is kind of what I like. Um, it's already become a, a, a situation where I've been out and people recognize me now. And I actually like that. Uh, I don't, I don't like to hide in a gigantic city. And, you know, you mentioned earlier with the schools and things like that. I, I drove, uh, I drove down with Wayne Leon, who's part of our staff here to show him Boone when we first hired him here. He's a gentleman that I knew from my past. Um, you know, he went to school with me. He couldn't believe how big app state was. So again, everybody has something that they like. And, and when you get that time back, I don't know when the word work-life balance came into effect, but um, I actually do believe in that. Um, I'll work hard, but I wanna make sure that I try to enjoy the time that I do get to do some things that I like. Even my, my daughters are both in college, and one of the things I had done with them when they were growing up, we tried to take them to some places like Disney World uh, or Hershey Park up in Pennsylvania just to give them that experience. And I thought it would go away when they're in college. Nope, they still like to do it. Mm. So uh, creating that experience with my own family kind of says, hey, wait a minute, this is the Bobcat family, right? If you're a part of Lee's McRae, someone like me, someone like you, someone like Craig McPhail, the athletic director, Dr. King, we wanna provide a better student experience. It's a family, that's what yeah. you're supposed to do. And if you approach it that way, you should have fun. So generally speaking, you can't, you can't see views uh, 
in Connecticut, like you do here. And, you know, Beach Mountain is cool. We like to ride the lift up to the top. And I, I'm not really a skier, but I enjoy going up there and seeing the people skiing. But it's just different activities. Hiking is something that I never really did. Um, I was in really good shape until about two years ago, but hiking was something I didn't do before. So I do it here when I can. So I think there's just different things to do mm -hmm. and different views and different atmosphere and different environment. So I, I do enjoy that a lot and it's different. Yeah. Well, whether you are a student or an employee, it is one of those things, whether you realize it or not coming in, it is part of the experience of being here. And I don't think you certainly could, I guess, isolate yourself from that and not engage with it. But if you do, it's at your own peril, but it's too beautiful. It's too much fun to not, and that it is as much of the experience as being an employee and, and, and creating a successful department or having a winning team. If you're not enjoying the surroundings of Banner Elk, I think you are missing out big time. Oh, absolutely. I, and any friends that I've had that have come and visit and anybody that I've talked to, the word wow comes up a lot. They go, oh, wow, look at this. Oh, wow, you have that. And that's when you know you have a product that can sell. You know, people talk about running their own businesses and they can't think of a product to sell. Well, I always challenge people when you're working at a college, think of this as your business. What would you do to actively promote it and engage people in it so they become part of it? That's not easy to do. People are very different, but we have a product to sell. We have a really cool location. It's not going to be for everyone. If you've lived in an inner city all your life, maybe this isn't for you, but it could be. You know, it's a different atmosphere. So I never knew that I was going to enjoy it as much as I did, mm. just because when you do something for 49 years, yes, I traveled a lot and I met a lot of people, but basically you're in the same place and you get to visit. But when you come here, yeah, at, at first it was cool, but then it becomes your home and you want to look at, hey, what's the positives of this? And there's plenty of stuff to do. And everyone says we focus on outdoor programming what well, we do. But there's other things to do, too. I mean, I've gone down and I saw a play in Charlotte Wicked, a Broadway show. You know, you don't have to go to New York City to do that. So, yeah. um, you know, and if you like sports, there's plenty here in Carolina and you can get to Atlanta, Georgia in like four and a half hours or so. So there's it's just a different part of the country that I had not experienced before. I had been in North Carolina, I would say probably 10 or 12 times for work, once for vacation. And I was always Charlotte, Raleigh, Wilmington. I knew Asheville, I knew Boone was here, but I had never been in the western part of the state. So I just think it's a great place. And you know, when we tell people about it, don't stereotype, don't assume, come and check it out. Mm. And if someone is thinking as a prospective student, well, it's too small, um, I say, well, how many friends do you have? And, and they can't answer that question. And then when they do, they usually say 20 or 30. Oh, you don't won't, won't know everybody here either, but you'll be part of a community where you will know a lot of people and there will be people to help you. And I think sometimes we need to all have that mindset because if everybody was pulling it in the same direction, uh, this, this has a lot of great possibilities. And I've always been able to see ahead and that's something a lot of people don't do. They're in the moment. They either live in the past or they're just running around in the present. But if you can see ahead of what can be, you're going to do really well because you have ideas. You could be creative. You could be innovative and you could do that in your personal life. And you can do that here at work at Lee's McRae. Well, and that optimistic viewpoint that you have, I think it's like you, what you're describing is anticipation of good things. 
and expecting good things and being optimistic about it. And the optimism here at Lee's McRae is definitely significantly, in my view, significantly improved since when I first arrived. And uh, you're part of that reason why. And I'm glad you're here. You're an asset to the college. You're an absolute asset to us coaches helping us attract the athletes we want to have winning teams. So, Kevin, thank you for telling your story and being on Inside the Den today. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. To listen to this episode again or to find previous episodes, go to our website, lmcbombcats.com. Or find us on SoundCloud by searching Lees McRae Athletics. And as always, go Bobcats.